Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80 were presented by Progressive Insurance. You can call us at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Giants, uh, look, New York is a Giants town. That's the heritage team, right? Jets fans, there are lots of Jets fans, but uh, the Giants are the ones that have won all the Super Bowls. They're the ones with the most glorious history, and they're the ones that are, you know, the one of the original franchises. Wow, really it, breaking one team down to build the other up. That's right. I like to do that. I'm a New Yorker, <laughs> which means I hate one team and I love the other. That's how it works. <laughs> now, Saquon Barkley, guys, well, first let me tell you. They're going to be a hot ticket, the Giants will be, in New York if they start playing well. Hot Ticket is brought to you by Vivid Seats, where you can earn rewards with every purchase. Vivid Seat Rewards is your ticket to more tickets. Vivid Seats, life happens live. So Saquon Barkley, in my opinion, Harry, you correct me if, if I'm wrong, but the way I saw him coming out of college, he was the greatest running back prospect ever. He was Barry Sanders, but 233 pounds. He beat everyone on the bench press. He was the, he was the strong Saquon. He was the strongest guy of all the running backs, the biggest and strongest. He was also the fastest and most elusive, and he could catch passes, and he loved the game, and he was like a franchise quarterback, the way he presented himself to the media and the way he worked, put in the work. He was like the perfect prospect. And then he's drafted second overall. Mistake to take a running back that high. But still, he's like a New York Giant demigod. Yeah, by, there's ne- we've never had – Giants had never had an offensive player like Saquon Barkley, ever. Giants have usually been built on defense. Saquon, rookie season, 2,000-plus yards from scrimmage with 15 touchdowns, and I'm telling you right now, he squeezed as many – you could put his highlight reel of his rookie season up against Barry Sanders and be like, yeah, same guy. Like, it's amazing. So – what we saw was unlike any, like, even though I knew it was a mistake to take him second overall, as a Giants fan, I was happy because it was like, it's yours, it's mine. I get that guy plays for my team. I get to watch that. And then the injuries. And now Harry Douglas is on this show saying, we don't know if he'll ever be the same. It's an ACL. We don't know. He still might be good, but that doesn't mean he'll be Saquon from his rookie season. Here's Brian Dable, Giants head coach, from the press conference on Tuesday. Listen to this. Yeah, he looks explosive. You know, he hit one yesterday and got out to the open field and I don't know what his GPS numbers, but it was high. He was moving pretty good. He's explosive. He's quick. He's strong. He looks good to me. What do you think, Harry? I think he is going to be a key, key piece for the Giants' offense. And I say that because, and we talk about this on numerous of occasions, Max, you, don't, you just don't want to go into a season, especially with a quarterback like Daniel Jones, and say, hey, we're going to drive back and we're going to pass the ball. Now, one of the things I actually do do think that Brian Dable does a great job of is just getting the, getting the ball out of the quarterback's hands uh, very fastly um, into quick, shifty guys receiver-wise uh, into their hands so they can make plays. But in saying that, I think the run game is going to be very valuable for a guy like Daniel Jones because he is not a Josh Allen, right, in those regards. So in saying that, I think in hindsight they're going to have to run the football a lot more than Brian Dable actually did it while he was in Buffalo as the offensive coordinator. Now, here's the thing. When, you're, when you have an ACL and then you have all kind of Nicky injuries the last two seasons, I 100% know the running back is not going to be the same guy. 
But in saying that, I do believe that Saquon can be enough for the Giants uh, offensively, granted their receivers stay healthy as well, to make a little bit of noise. The question is, is Daniel Jones going to be that guy? And can Saquon Barkley be enough to allow Daniel Jones to have an opportunity to be great? Mm. So I get that Brian Dale's going to have to run the ball a lot more than what he did in Buffalo. But I can also then counter with that HD and say, well, he didn't have the weapon like a Saquon Barkley to run the ball, to change his style in Buffalo now that he has the New York Giants. But like me and my boys are talking, we talk about this all the time because it's the topic of the summer. Who needs to have a bigger season? Obviously, both players need to have a really big season. But who is it bigger for, Daniel Jones or Saquon Barkley? So to Max's point, I feel like the ceiling for Saquon Barkley, I've seen it. I know what that could be on the high end. Now, can he get back there or can he get close to there? I hope so, but I, I think that can happen, right? I don't know what the ceiling is for Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, to me, even though I question the health of Saquon Bar- Barkley, is a bigger question mark because I've seen flashes here or there. I just haven't seen it consistently. And even though the turnovers have been less over the last couple of years, it's not to the level that I think he can crack. Like, we're having this conversation. Is Trevor Lawrence, you know, going to turn into a top 10 quarterback? Yep. Like, I want to start having that conversation about the New York Giants quarterback. Like, unfortunately, it, Dave Gettleman was, could be a top 15 quarterback. Yeah, but, like, uh, Dave Gettleman, when he made the Daniel Jones selection, Daniel Jones was a day two guy. They have a name for a guy like a day two guy. Maybe it's a project he could make. The Duke, come on. The, hey, hey, if you sell me out. a Duke point guard, fine. Okay. The quarterback, right. but a lot of that was because of Cutcliffe, who also coached Eli. That's a, a lot of it. Like, the whole thing was that. Hey, that's what I'm right, saying. Yeah, a lot of it was hype too. So, like so Gettleman, Gettleman, who was so arrogant at these press conferences, like he knew better than everyone in the room. Where every single criticism of everything he did turned out to be right. He was always wrong. And every time he never learned that he was wrong, that, that in fact, I don't know how it's possible that everyone knows more football than the GM, but they did. Everyone. Like, he did everything bad. Uh, and made fun of analytics the whole time when actually if you would have paid attention even a little bit, you'd understand you, you know, how to GM a team, which he clearly didn't know how to do it. Buried the Giants. When he took Daniel Jones sixth overall, when you take a quarterback sixth overall, one of two things must happen. You either have to win a Super Bowl or that guy has to go to the Hall of Fame. One of those two things, or, or you take him... The next year, Justin Herbert was available at six. I, I, the point is, Jay, we're hoping maybe the guy might, could, maybe, where everything goes right, be a top 15 quarterback? You mean not bad? That's what we're hoping yes, for? Yes. Yeah. Can, can I just tell you, though, a lot of things have already changed in the past month. right? It's like, so nobody, nobody's talking about the Giants, right, to have a chance to, to contend in the division, like, even though they have the talent. But what's happened to the whole wide receiving core of the Dallas Cowboys? Like so, I, I, I'm looking at a lot of things and I'm how kind of things, anointing the Eagles. They really haven't done it yet. Yeah, yeah, but it's still like you're still worried, not worried, but you're still there's still questions around Jalen Hurts and will he continue the trajectory he has on that team, right? Even though they've added some incredible pieces like AJ Brown and company, I, I get all that. But you're you're looking at the talent there with the new head coach and with Daniel Jones and the progression he's shown. We should start talking about the There's Giants a having a chance of, to contend okay. for the NFC. But I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't count out Washington. I think, I think okay. a lot of people are overlooking Washington. So you're saying you're, you're count, so you're you're buying into Carson Wentz? No, I'm not saying that. I'm I, 
Carson Wentz still has to prove. It's not like Carson Wentz played bad last year. Yeah, he it's played just well in, until it mattered. It's just in yeah. big until moments. Yeah. He, he wasn't productive in those moments. But when I look at their roster and I look at their defensive line that disappointed last year, but I don't expect that out of that defensive line this year. I think they're going to be better. That's a big piece. But then I look at the skill position players that they have. When you look at a Terry McLaurin, you look at a Jahan Dotson mm-hmm. and a Curtis Samuels, if he can stay healthy, go, go along with Logan Thomas at the tight end. But then they, they're two running back deep with uh, Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick. Like, they have a few pieces. And let's not forget, was it two years ago? They actually won the division. Yeah, yeah. With, with What was the quarterback at that time? Um, God, I can't remember his name. Uh, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank. Who, that Wentz just replaced? No, no, no. That, uh, Not yeah, the kid, who, yeah, sleeps, that, that the kid who was sleeping on his couch. He's pretty good. Wait, now, oh, man, this is bad. This is how, this is how fat. Not for long. NFL, not for long. Yeah, you know, I know just He's pretty everybody. good athletic uh, quarterback. Heineke. 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 By the way, Heineke, guys like that, they're pretty good. And that's the thing about Daniel Jones, guys. You can A lot of guys pass the eye test when you first see them. You need to get the data over time, right? Mm-hmm. Heineke looks pretty good, maybe in the right situation, but you're looking for a little more. Yep. Daniel Jones, same guy. He's athletic. He's pretty good. He does a lot of things that pop to you. Now, here is there a glimmer of hope that Daniel Jones could surprise everyone? There is. And the reason there is, he throws a nice deep ball. He can run. He's fast. And the fact of the matter is the Giants have had an abysmal offensive line for most of his career with a bad head coach. So those are reasons to think that given the things he does well, he could be a success. But usually if you've spent this long with a team (laughs) and you've gotten this many reps and you still haven't done it, usually you ain't going to do it. Yeah, and I think from the Giants' perspective, um, that's why I don't think it's it, it would be smart in my eyes to go after a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo because when you look at the college quarterbacks that are, that are going to be coming out in the draft next year, if you don't have a good season, you can position yourself to be back in the position again to take one of these quarterbacks that's going to be in the draft next year that's going to be on a rookie salary. And I, and I do like the fact that Kenny Galladay, who didn't have a good first year after signing that large contract, stayed his butt in New Jersey – and worked out with Daniel Jones for all the summer. Can, yeah, can I, be, right, honest? Both can I be honest on that, though, Jay? It, it only wasn't a good year. It was a terrible, it was a terrible, year. terrible horrible year. Horrible year. For a guy to get paid that yeah, much money and come be a number one and not have one single touchdown, think about this. Kadarius, out of Kadarius Tony, Kenny Galladay, I think Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton, you want to know how many touchdowns they had between the three of, uh, the four of them? Three. Mm-hmm. Kadarius Tony. And Kenny Galladay had zero compared to... It's a hell of a team that Gallon put one together. One Keyshawn J. Willemax is presented by Progressive Insurance. Let's get back into the conversation on a team that could use G- uh, Jimmy G. Giants, not so much. They want to evaluate Jim, uh, Daniel Jones. But we got to get back into the Deshaun Watson of it all. And Mary Kay Cabot, Browns reporter for Cleveland.com and the Cleveland Plain Dealer, is with us now. Mary... Uh, how, what do you think about the Browns? Or, or How surprising is it to the Browns that the NFL appealed the decision? You know, I don't think anybody should be surprised that the NFL appealed. Everyone should have seen this coming. They fought so hard for the indefinite suspension for a minimum of a year, and they wouldn't settle for anything less than 12 games. So anybody who was shocked or surprised about this uh, was, you know, probably in denial about how this was all going to go down. Uh, so, no, I actually think it was something that, uh, you know, for, for many reasons that they kind of had to do. I mean, you can't say, you know, this is what we want, and then it comes down to be six games, and you just sit back and take that. I mean, there is an appeal process 
for a reason and they exercise that right. And I pretty much think that they, you know, they kind of had to do that. I got to ask you this question, because this is one thing that a lot of people are bringing up right now is, and it's the front of the uh, Sean Watson not showing remorse. Can you kind of give us uh, uh, some context of uh, why haven't he or sh- should he have done this by now? You know, that that is a good question because that seems to be one of the hot-button issues right now that uh, that the Haslams came out in their statement and said that Deshaun showed remorse and Sue L. Robinson said he did not show remorse. So here here's where the disconnect is. What happened was in the introductory press conference, Deshaun said, I have no regrets. I've done nothing wrong. Uh, I've never you know, done, done any of these things these women are alleging. Uh, and that, you know, that did not sit well with people at all. And then he came back the next time we talked to him was during OTAs. And he was asked about that again. And, and he said, I regret that I triggered so many people by saying I have no regrets. He did not say that he regretted anything that he did. He did not say that he was remorseful about anything that ever happened in any of those rooms. He only, the only thing he regretted uh, were the people that were triggered by this whole it's ordeal. A, it, Mary, though, it's so talking, sorry. Where, Good. That's absolutely where the disconnect is. He still has never said uh, that he's done anything wrong or that he regrets anything or that he's remorseful about you know, the actions in those rooms. Mary Kay Cabot, Browns reporter for the Cleveland, for Cleveland.com and the Cleveland Plain Dealer with us. Mary, I mean, look, it doesn't matter how many he settles. 24 separate women. It's not he said, she said. It's he said, she said, she said, she said, she said. 24 different women alleged publicly almost the same thing, right? So you have to turn your brain off not to think something happened. But how does he do that, what you suggest, if he's professing his innocence without, without, you know, without the rest of us inferring guilt? You know, I mean, honestly, throughout the whole entire process, and this has not changed, he has not wavered. He has maintained uh, his innocence throughout. Now, I don't know if that will change the next time we talk to him, because we have not talked to him throughout training camp yet. They're waiting to find out, uh, you know, what the final discipline is going to be, and then we'll talk to him again. And at that point, I don't know if if he will have changed anything at all, because now, uh, there, you know, there is something different. A retired federal judge, uh, you know, had her eyes on this whole situation and all of the documents and the NFL's uh, investigation has been wrapped up. And it did meet the burden of proof that, you know, Sue L. Robinson said that, you know, he did engage in conduct uh, that can be considered sexual assault according to uh, the definition uh, by the NFL's personal conduct policy. But, you know, I, I still I still don't think that Deshaun is going to express remorse for anything that happened in the rooms or, you know, or take any, you know, accountability or responsibility for wrongdoing in the rooms. Hmm. A lot to unpack on that one. But, Mary, I, I do want to ask you before you go, how seriously do you think the Browns are looking at bringing in Jimmy G? And if they do, would you give this team – potentially still the same ceiling of winning a Super Bowl with his talent? Well, to this point, they have not been interested in in bringing in Jimmy G, but to this point, they haven't thought that it was going to be a year-long suspension. If it turns out to be that, 
I think they do have to put their heads together and try to figure out if, if they bring in a Jimmy G and, and try to see if they can upgrade over Jacoby Brissett a little bit. Um, right now, you know, that just hasn't been the case. They really believe that Deshaun would be back on the field, and he still might be back on the field this season. In fact, he could possibly play out the whole season. So this one is still hanging in the balance, and it will depend on the final discipline, which by then Jimmy G could be with another team. Thank you, Mary Kay Cabot. As always, appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Mary Kay. So, a uh, question for you guys. Yeah. I know we get in, and, and I found myself wondering about that the other day, about, you know, thinking of different ways that if I were Deshaun Watson, I would frame being remorseful about triggering people. But at the end of the day, do we think if he were to do that, that would lessen the suspension of Roger Goodell or lessen the type of anger that would be catered towards him yeah. by doing I, so? I, I would hope it wouldn't, to be honest with you. So, like, so then it brings you to, I'm just thinking through in my mind. No, I do time, think there's a the way to do it. I so. think there's a way to thread the needle. I asked Mary Kay Cabot, like, how do you express remorse without implying guilt when you've maintained your innocence? Now, we're not fools. If 24 women are saying the same thing, then the odds that, that you're innocent are in, in the public's imagination, maybe not in a court of law, but in, it, it are very, very low. <laughs> you know, all right. We're, we're, we're not, you know, we, we have working brains. But I do think there's a way to thread that needle if you're Deshaun Watson. You can say something like, look, uh, I, I do not have the same perception of what happened in those rooms with, the, with those women. However, clearly many of them share a similar perception. And, for, and, and if my behavior was making them feel that way, then I'm truly sorry for that. Yeah, but you're a guy that talks on TV for eight hours a day. You're a powerful orator, right? Like, and, and, is, he, and a genius. He, yes, go ahead. And he is not. Like, so I've also seen, prime example, Will Smith the other day pretty much botched his apology. And got crucified for it on the internet, the Chris Rock. So, like, it can also swing the other way. I didn't even know you apologized for that. Yeah, see? You don't pay attention. You're not as smart as you think you are. Anyway. I don't pay attention to pop culture. One star apologizes, and I don't care. We don't want to go on a tangent. I'm just saying it can work out the opposite way to HD, where you can go up there with the right intention. But, you know, legally... You know, trying to word everything and thread that needle could be challenging as well. Well, that's that's why from Deshaun Watson's side of things, it is a dicey situation. Like when you, if you want to show remorse, but then you're you're coming out a statement saying that you are going to maintain your innocence and you don't feel like you did anything. But you also got to be careful though, Max, when you come out and say like, "Hey, if uh, those women felt some kind of way." That's basically saying that I don't even know if that's remorseful because like I'm it's not like, validating how they feel. Yeah, you, you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's a it's a dicey situation. No, I th- but but you but in other words, I'm saying he has to thread the needle with the apology if he's maintaining his innocence, right? Yeah, but so it's hard to thread the needle. It is not well, except that. So how would you do it? Say it again. I would say, um, my I I have done nothing wrong. In my view, I I think back in all those rooms and my behavior. Was there okay. 24 women who however, there are tw- however, I did have to settle a lot of cases with women whose feelings about what happened in that room were very different than mine and perceptions were different than mine. So I'm, I, I did not commit any crime and I, and I am innocent. However, clearly, my behavior was making people feel a certain way and more than one. And for that, I'm sorry. 
and I have to think about like how to comport myself in those in those therapy sessions. So much, man. To me, well, you, you get that, an attorney. it makes you sound guilty in my then, eyes. Then you, get an, then you get an attorney to clean it up so that you're legally... I don't know about that, Max. If my behavior... You've also settled 20... No, but you're asking him to accept to be accountable and he and while maintaining his innocence, which he... In other words, if we start with the premise where he's not going to admit it, right? Then, Then... How do you accept accountability or show some remorse, act like a human being, right, without saying you're guilty? That's how. You say, I didn't do anything that, like, I'm being accused of this. That's not what happened. However, clearly they did feel some kind of way. And for whatever I did, my behavior, that made them feel that way, I am sorry for because, you know, I don't want anyone to feel that way. That's all. I just feel like that opens up Pandora's box, frankly. Especially when you use my behavior. Like yeah, that. It, it, because now you're showing lack there of awareness. I see it very differently. You're showing, well, that's fine. I mean, that, but this is what happens when you enter. I mean, let's be honest. The, it's, the it's, court of public a, opinion. This is a lose lose. It's a lose lose situation. Let's like all the way around. But but the question is, do you make it better or worse? You guys are saying accept some accountability. He's never done that. Show some remorse. How do you do that? While maintaining your innocence. Now, that's why he paid the people that he pays. That's why I asked the question. Like, does it make you think less of it if he were to try to show remorse? No, I would feel, if he said something like what I just said, I would feel, I would feel better about it. It's the fact, I I don't think, I wouldn't feel better about it. One of the reasons it's hard to move past it is because, like, take Mike Vick, okay? Mike Vick fought dogs, went to jail for it, went to prison for it came out and clearly had a, a new idea about things and not only had paid his time but was accountable publicly and spoke about it eloquently, by the way, and with, and with sincerity and with real feeling, it seems to me, right? And people can move past it now. Mm-hmm. But Deshaun Watson is facing virtually not only no punishment, he's being rewarded on a $230 million contract. So it's hard to move past it without some kind of accountability on his part. Keyshawn J. Willemax, presented by Progressive Insurance. All right, we are going to uh, shift gears here, guys. One Hall of Famer says Kevin Durant wants the easy way out of Brooklyn. Brooklyn, I said. Brooklyn. Keyshawn J. Willemax, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. 
With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas in for key today. Guys, uh, Shaquille O'Neal was a basketball player uh, years ago. Otherwise known as Shaq. One of the most influential names. There are guys on the same team in the NFL named after Shaquille O'Neal on the same team. Shaquille O'Neal, the most dominant center of our lifetimes, said the following about KD. Listen to this. This is on the Rich Eisen Show on PeacockTV.com. When you put a house together, you should live in it. You know, you was the one who hired the, the architect. You was the one who got the other architects from Philadelphia. So you as a leadership make it work. But you don't want to make it work, I guess you go buy another house. So I know he's going to probably try to get to a, a contender. It's easier that way. This comes down to Kevin Durant being secure in himself and drawing a line in the sand. If the market doesn't allow you to move, you have to own it, man. You own this team. And you may have to bite the bullet for a year if that's playing with Kyrie or whatever he's mad at, if that's at Kyrie or if that's at the front office for not giving Kyrie the deal long term. Whatever the issue is, how do you best position yourself if you do not want to be a Brooklyn Net to go somewhere else? You do that by going out and winning a championship. And erasing all these questions that people have, regardless of whether people can say, oh, he could care less about leading a team. This is an opportunity for Kevin Durant to lead this team with probably the best on-paper talent there is in the Eastern Division, right, and the NBA to a potential championship that could erase everything that's occurred this past year. Everything could be gone if they actually go out and have, if you want to say that's the last hurrah, you know, the last dance, whatever the terminology is for this team, Kyrie's in the contract year. Mm-hmm. He has to play well. Ben Simmons has a lot to prove. KD should just come in like, this is the way it's going to go down. This is how we're going to play this year. And we'll follow up next year with what comes with next year. But this year, we're going to go on winning. Yeah, Jay, you know, I'm a big fan of when you make decisions, and this is the decision that Kevin Durant made. This is the route that he wanted to go, teaming up with Kyrie, and then later on, um, vouching for James Harden to come. That's the bed that he made. You made that bed lay in it. Now, on Shaq's behalf and what he's saying, okay, you, you decided you wanted this house and you, you, you got this guy. Now, let's be, let's be honest now. The, the construction company that he hired, you know, they, they, they built half of the house. And the house was, was, wasn't the way he wanted it to be when he started building. So you got another architect, another construction company to come finish things off, right? But granted, it's okay because things are, are not going to always be peaches and creams. Like you know what I mean? You're gonna have bumpy roads. You're gonna have rocks in the rocks in the in the in the water being thrown, man. It's you can't expect everything to be perfect. excellent. It's not gonna be yes, perfect. It's, though. It's, yeah. it's not that way. But when you look at what the Brooklyn Nets can bring back in a Ben Simmons, a Joe Harris to go along with a Kyrie and a Kevin Durant and those guys having Seth an offseason and a train it's Seth Curry. That's what I'm saying, man. And then uh, uh, Russell O'Neal, he's there now. DJ Warren. Yeah, bro. Like you. That's a versatile you, defender, you, O'Neal. Yep. You gotta take your chance. And let's not forget though, TJ Warren before he has been out, he was balling, balling out before he got hurt now. 
So let's not just say, I mean, granted, he has to come back and be healthy, but let's not just say, just throw him to the side like he was nothing before he got hurt. He was sometimes, balling out. Sometimes bad luck can have a snowballing effect, a compounding effect. You know, a couple injuries here, a couple injuries there, and that can erode chemistry, especially on a team that didn't have any. They just got thrown together yeah. because now you're not having as much success. You have a rookie head coach. He's learning the ropes. All these things are happening, and pretty soon it just feels dysfunctional and like you need to leave. But maybe if they're forced to stay together and they get healthy, they're unstoppable because the, the roster is absurd. Well, Max, we call it. Max, it's, I'm sorry. HD, I was just going to say, like, it's... He said he's sorry, but he didn't stop. Go ahead. Well, when, when people... When I feel like young people are faced with challenges, right, in this generation, they run away from it. It's like, well, things are really difficult. It's not going to work. I want out. That was going to be my point. And this is sometimes I... Spending time with Charles Barkley over the weekend, we had conversations about this. He's like, Jay, you had to work through adversity, and working through that adversity with your teammates, and you made you better from the process. Okay, I don't think this is a generational thing, guys, I'm, other I'm, 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 than... I'm getting to a bigger point, Mac. I'm just saying, like, I, I the, think the it's Facing easy. the adversity point, that's what, that's what yeah, he's trying to right. make right now. I, right. I think, I think it, it, due to the resources, everybody else, when they face challenges, it's like, well, it's not working them out. Well, and, and here's a situation where you can't just be out. You're forced to work through it. And there's opportunity if you can learn how to work through the it. The reason I object to the generational thing is I think it's generational in the sense this, this has always gone on. Young people... Of course, it's human nature. When things get rough, you'd like them to be easier. Let's look for, for, for calmer waters, right? And it is the job of the older people, like when you're raising kids, to be like, well, no, you're going to have to work through this because that's, that's life. It's not always – you can't always just bail. But and, – and not to be patronizing, right? Players are young. Yeah. They're young men. Even with older players are usually young men. Okay, you get to be LeBron's age or – you start to almost look at middle age pretty soon, but they're by and large very young men. And although they've lived a lot of life, seen the world, the whole thing, they're young. And a part of player empowerment is you're empowering less mature people than, than, right? Because even though it was also more exploitative when owners of teams and GMs and everything were making decisions, they had lived more life and and understood some of this stuff better. Now, of course, they're, everyone's self-interested and they were doing what's right for them, not the player. But in this era of player empowerment of younger men making decisions, I think you will see increasingly people bail because who wants to be in a bad situation? But sometimes you may get a situation like this where you can't bail and you may be better off for it. And by the way, you might mess it. around and win a championship Max, along the way. A lot of things are generational. And I will say this generation, the youngest one, is challenging because they're not used to addressing head-on issues. I'm not saying directly. that. that but but it, every generation says that about the new generation. But it's, but, but it's not. No, it's not. Yes, it's been said. Max, go- Max I've had people who play in the NBA mm-hmm. who will go off on me on social media. I call. They can't pick. They don't want to pick up the phone. They don't want to actually have direct talk. I'm not saying about. that it doesn't seem worse to you. I'm saying in the previous generation, they said about our generation, these young kids don't want to face challenges. Every generation says that no, about no, the I'm, new I'm kids. I'm not saying that they don't, Max. I'm saying how they face challenges are very different through phones and apps. Well, that's and social media. It's less, less it's interpersonal. Different. Less. It's yes. less. Yeah. What will Deshaun Watson's suspension mean for the Browns' quarterback situation? The NFL's decision that it will appeal the six-game suspension that Sue L. Robinson handed out on Monday. When I saw six games originally, to myself, I said, that's not enough. Some people think that Roger Goodell himself should be the one that stands up there and makes the decision. 
Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. So, uh, so, Jay, just picking up where we left off, I, I get what you're saying about, or I think I do, about how young people avoid, you know, taking responsibility and this and that. And in this generation with social media and everything, they can avoid interpersonal contact in a real, you know, face-to-face kind of situation more often. My point, Jay, is just that every generation says that about the previous one. And it, and specifically, there's always new technology in that generation that specifically shapes the way in which the older generation complains. But my larger point was it's just the nature of being young. More than more than it's because of phones or whatever. It's the nature of being young. You haven't lived enough life yet. And so your, in, your impulse is, let me get out of a tough situation instead of let me fight through it. And that's the job of the older generation. Eh, you got to fight through it. Yeah, but it feels like to counter just your point, though, Max, even younger people before, right? Like for me, I was younger. I could have came out my sophomore year. But there were multiple times where I had to. I was forced to confront people when there were challenging times, team meetings, things of that sort. A lot of these guys haven't had those type mm-hmm. of experiences. Sure. Right. So when we, we talk about this, yep. like, you know, like for me, like if, if, if I didn't like somebody, like we had to address certain things. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, why? Why? Why are you doing this? Why are you everywhere? I don't like the in-between of not knowing. Because you're hey, bald-headed, it- Jay. I can't yeah. take it. But I'm going <laughs> to anyway. ask both of you guys, and this is subjective. It's our yes. opinion. Do you think Kyrie and KD have had a sit-down, real-ass talk? I think that's the problem, Jay. I think I totally to, agree to me, that. I believe that's the problem, that they haven't sat down and had that serious conversation. It, and and, it, and it, it, it bothers me. It really does I, bother me. And who me. would you put that on in terms of I, not I, I, taking I, I, the I reins? I put on both of them. Both. I put on both guys because but, both guys are, are grown. They're, they're grown. That's Max. right. But to me, I'm guessing, KD, if you're listening, I'm speculating. Maybe it's reckless. I'm guessing that it's KD who doesn't want to look Kyrie in the eye and say, look, this is how it's got to be. That's my best guess. I don't think, you know, like uh, that's the my best dynamic guess. of that relationship will ultimately determine the altitude of this team. Right. And altitude like, or attitude, did you say? Both. Uh-huh, yeah. Like there needs to be. A, the the attitude pecking, will determine the altitude. The pecking order needs to be reestablished, Max. It needs to be recalibrated. Oh, it was, you thought it was, 
whoop, whoop, right. whoop, just a little bit. KD's nope. team. Yes. And, but, and, instead and, of, and instead of KD being like, look, Kyrie, this is my team, he has to throw do a whole song and dance about how he wants out, so, and now he's not getting out. Right? And by the way, all this passive-aggressive stuff, stop. Yeah, right. CJ, this technology has really made young people put, be in the position where they don't have to face tough things. I'm trying to explain this to you. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, we'll be back in uh, 10 seconds. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. The NFL has decided to appeal the six-game suspension of Deshaun Watson. I don't think the NFL PA is going to go quietly. Have someone reach out and say, this is not going to work out well for anybody. Could be a lose-lose for all involved. Adam Schefter's with us, guys. ESPN NFL insider, of course. Keyshawn J. Willemax, Harry Douglas in for Key today. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Adam, good morning. Good morning, Max, Jay, Harry. How are we doing today? Doing well, bud. We're doing all right. We'll see how the NFL is doing in a second. Uh, When should we expect the league to decide on the number of games for Deshaun? Well, Max, let me fill you in. They want it to be for a long period of time. And if the league has its choice, we will not see Deshaun Watson play football this season. And we will have to see him apply for reinstatement once he's met the conditions, once he's received treatment to address his behavioral questions. The NFL will want to go hard. They didn't go ahead and appeal this with the idea that they could take six to eight or six to nine or six to ten. They went from six to taking him off the field indefinitely. Shefty, I'm just a little bit confused. And look, ultimately, I agree that the length of the suspension should have been more. That's my personal opinion and preference. But it, mm-hmm. it, what was the point of putting an independent arbiter in that place to begin with if you're going to get back to the way things have always been? Well, that, that's going to be the NFLPA's argument on this whole issue, right? Like, nobody can look at what Deshaun Watson did, what the judge wrote, and say this is okay. The judge herself said that the NFL had supplied sufficient evidence to prove that he engaged in Sexual, sexual assault posed a danger 
to the woman around him and compromise the integrity of the league. That was in the judge's report, right? But the point of arbitration is to have an objective subject matter expert reach a fair decision that's contested by two parties, right? So if one of those parties rejects the decision and serves as the appeal authority, well, (laughs) then how fair is it? But the issue is that's what's in the CBA. That's the NFL's right. And so they are doing what's in their rights in the collective bargaining agreement. But the judge also pointed out on Monday that the NFL can't change the rules of the suspension without proper notice in advance. And the league didn't send out notice saying that, hey, it's going to be implementing harsh rules for sexual assault and predatory, egregious behavior, as the judge outlined Sufficient notice in the judge's eyes was not given. And so the PA is going to argue that. Look, again, the PA to defend Deshaun Watts, it's its job, right? But it's I think it's more about defending the process and how the process plays out and whether the NFL is okay to basically undermine the neutral arbitrator that both sides agreed to and just say we know that this arbitration the judge was supposed to reach a decision we're not going to abide by it we're going to do what we want because as the uh, personal conduct policy states the cba states the final decision is binding so when the league appeals it and takes back that authority Either Roger Goodell or his designee makes that decision. It is, under the terms of the policy, binding and final. So, again, the PA is going to argue about the process. I have a question notice. about the argument, Adam, that you brought up before. Is Because I was, I was confused a little bit, uh, curious rather, about why the judge relied so heavily on precedent already set, since it seems to me that you changed the system so you get away from the precedent set. But is, are you telling me now that – in order to change that precedent, the NFL had to ahead of time, before the process began, send out some kind of notification that they are that they had planned to uh, be much harsher on right. that kind of punishment, that, and they yeah, failed yeah, to do yeah. so. Yeah, the judge pointed that out in her written opinion on Monday that the league did not provide sufficient notice in advance. By the way, we heard something very similar in Deflategate with Tom Brady. And so they're two totally separate instances. You can't even compare them. But in terms of what the legal system said about notice not being given, that there is a correlation there, right? So, um, yeah, that, that, was, that was one of the judge's arguments. And she went to the precedent that the NFL had set with these other cases, comparing this particular case to others to derive the six games. But the NFL would argue that what Deshaun Watson did is not only, as the judge said, egregious and predatory, but the league believes it's unprecedented. And so, Max, again, to go back to your question, do we know how many games? I I will tell you, the league wants to put on as many games as it can. So, Adam, i got to ask you, what happens after the league decides on the length of their suspension? What, What happens next? Well, the NFLPA right now has two days to submit its brief and the league will have to decide whether Roger Goodell or his designee um, will hear this case. And I think a lot of people feel like, look, this is significant enough, important enough. It's not right for Roger Goodell 
to pass this off to somebody else that, that it's important for him uh, to do this himself. Not that we all don't know where this is going. Like we, we all know what the Luke's plan is here. Um, and then I think once uh, they know that the NFLPA, I think will try to take the NFL to court and they'll try to do that. I think obviously someplace that they feel like they'll get a favorable decision, maybe Atlanta, uh, maybe Cleveland, uh, certainly outside the scope of New York where uh, the PA has not always done great in the past. So what is next? I think the, the Players Association will file suit. I think that the NFL ultimately, when it announces its punishment that's supposed to be bonding final, I mean, it's possible that the league would go back to the PA, to Deshaun Watson, and see, okay, guys, we're going we're gonna to suspend you indefinitely, uh, but we are willing to settle for 14 games, 13 games. And this fine, um, because the league is going to seek to impose both. And so maybe the two sides can figure it out and settle it uh, before it goes to court. Or maybe the NFL, I think, I think the NFL feels emboldened and empowered to take this to court. And it feels like it's not going to lose. And the PA feels like it's going to be a tough case, but the PA is going to challenge them. And it's going to make life miserable for the NFL in the process. And it's going to bring other organizations and owners into play that's going to be very messy so i harry i don't have a specific answer for you as to what exactly is next other than there are a lot of things that are next and i don't know the exact order of them adam we have 30 seconds um so quickly is it possible that given all those circumstances they could negotiate something upwards in other words uh, eight games and you have to reapply, but if you don't do anything bad between now and then, you will be uh, reinstated. Is there, is there is a negotiation possible at this point? We have about 20 seconds. Yeah, I, no, I think it's possible that the league could go to them and the two sides can figure out a settlement, but the only thing I would say about that is uh, maybe you don't have to settle until you have to, but the two sides were unable to come close to a settlement in recent weeks after the hearing in front of the judge. Adam Schefter, ladies and gentlemen, ESPN NFL Insider. Thanks for the time, as always, Adam. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. Thanks, Shefty. Guys, some major breaking news in the outrageous case of Brittany Griner being held by the war criminal Vladimir Putin. We'll tell you about it next. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com.